This is Listen Again with the Bridge, your opportunity to hear Sunday's message. We hope you enjoy listening, and it all starts right now. Well, happy Mother's Day to all the moms in the room. So fun to honor you today. This is your day. Make sure you're not cooking or cleaning today. That you, get to, you don't have to go to the grocery store. Send him, uh, whoever you have to send, but just enjoy your day. Um, I do want to start by uh, honoring my own mom and say happy Mother's Day. I'm sure she's watching today. My mother-in-law is right here with us. She's crying because of the video. How cute. <laughs> happy Mother's Day to you. And of course, to my wife and wonderful mom, to Courtney, uh, happy Mother's Day. But I want to start by giving you a little history about Mother's Day. Many of you may not know where it came from. The first, first official Mother's Day happened 108 years ago, and it was created by a woman named Anna Jarvis. First Mother's Day took place in St. Andrew's Episcopal Church in West Virginia, and after that became a presidential proclamation that this would be celebrated all across America. As of you know already, uh, 110 countries now do it, so it's all over the world. It's not always on this day for every other country, but somewhere throughout the year, moms are celebrated all over the world. And Mother's Day is the second largest gift-giving day just behind Christmas. That's because all the dads understand if mama ain't happy... I'm going to let you finish it. All right. The reason I mention this today is because this woman who founded Mother's Day, Anna Jarvis, she never became a mother herself. She was a single woman, never married, never became a mom. But because of the influence of her own mother, she deemed it important that we have a day for moms. Because moms are influential. Moms have a huge influence in our lives, and I want to talk about the importance of that influence today. The question is not, will you be an influence? The question is, what kind of influence will you be? It got quiet. Let me say that again. The question is not, will you be an influence? It's what kind of influence will you be? Before we dive into the sermon today, knowing the importance of being an influential mom, I want to pray a prayer over you today. And this is a prayer that I didn't make up. I'm actually going to read scripture. So one of the things I love about scripture is it's alive and active. And as much as this was said thousands of years ago, I believe I can pray this over you today. And it's just as important and it's just as spiritual as it was the first day that Paul prayed it. I'm going to pray out of Ephesians chapter 3. And it's a prayer that Paul prayed over the church at Ephesus. But I believe it could be for moms today. So I want to read Ephesians 3, 16 through 19 to you. And then we're going to look at verse 20 and 21 after that. So moms, this is for you today. It says this, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, mom, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide, how long, and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of the fullness of God. Now, many of you moms would understand this, but uh, some of you might agree that without the strength and power of our Heavenly Father, motherhood would be a little bit more difficult. Amen to that? Amen. 
Moms, you might want to write this scripture down. It would be a great prayer to pray whenever you're in need or you're overwhelmed or whatever that might be. It's a wonderful scripture that you can read, and it just speaks so much. It's so rich in the words. And so I want to break it down real quick before we dive into this idea of influence. I want to break this scripture down for you. He says first, he says, I pray out of his glorious riches, God's glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. Man, that is so good. How many of you know we need that every single day? And Paul is praying that we would be strengthened within by the Holy Spirit. Not according to where you rate on the mom scale. Not according to what's going on in your life today. It's according to the riches of God's glory. And one thing we know for sure is God has never and will never run out of glory. And you can, therefore, be strengthened by his power. It comes from God, and it helps you be a mom all through the year. So mothers, when you need strength to go through the day or get through the day, God is the one you can turn to. And the next thing that Paul prayed is that Christ may dwell in your hearts. And I love this that it says through faith. It is through your belief in Jesus Christ that he begins to dwell in your hearts. And it says, I pray that you would be rooted and established in love. If you want to be a mom of incredible influence, you're going to need Christ to be at home in your heart. Not just by feelings, not by performance, not, not for feel-good moments. It's by faith. It's by your belief in Jesus Christ. And I love that it says being rooted and grounded in love. Man, that's consistency. It's no matter what happens in your life, everyone watching you that you are influencing is going to see that consistency in you, that you're not shaken and you're not moved by what's going on around you. You have a solid foundation built on the love of Jesus Christ. In verse 18, it says that you may have the power together with the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide, how long, how high and deep is the love of Christ. To know that this love, it actually surpasses our knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. You see, Paul was convinced. He was convinced that the one greatest need in our life as believers was a constant awareness and a growing realization of how much God loves us. And even as he put it in the scripture, it's actually theologically accurate to declare that you have no idea how much God loves you. But you can be aware of that love every single day. And so as we look at this, Paul begins to shift his attention. This, this was the part he prayed over the church at Ephesus and the part that I pray over you today. But look at verses 20 and 21. I love this next part. He begins to shift his attention to God. He's been praying over the, the people and now he's going to talk to the one he's been praying to. He says to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we all could ask or imagine according to his power that is at work. Where does it work at? Within us. It's what gives you the power to be an influential mom or dad or whoever you are in the room today. This is really to all of us, but I'm going to speak to moms. It's working within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. So I, I prayed this first part over you, and, and again, uh, as we begin to honor God and begin to think about who he is based on what Paul said here, I want to read this from the message version. 
I love the way the message, just a paraphrase version of the Bible. But look at verses 20 and 21, Ephesians 3, uh, through the message that says, God can do anything. You know far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. I love that. He does it, he doesn't not, he does it not by punishing us, excuse me, pushing us around. I'll get to there in a minute. He does it not by pushing us around, but by working within us, his spirit deeply and gently within us. Man, I'm telling you, I, I pray that speaks to you today. I pray that that speaks to you as mothers. I believe Siri just said something on my iPad. If you heard that, that was really weird. No matter who you are on this Mother's Day, if you are a mom, maybe you want to be a mom. Maybe you don't know your mom. Maybe you feel like you're a failure as a mom. It doesn't matter who you are. I want you to know there is a God that is not shaken by your problems. He is not shaken by your tantrums. He's not shaken by your confusion. His spirit based on what this scripture says, is ever gently working in our hearts. Knowing that. The reason I I build all that up, knowing that it can comfort us when we begin to realize that each and every one of us are influencing other people. That can feel like a little pressure. That can put a little tension on you. Like, oh man, what am I doing? There's people watching me. can give you a little comfort knowing that God is working ever gently in our hearts. So as we talk about influence today, I want to talk about our shadow. So one of the things that everybody in this room, no matter who you are, we all have something in common, and that is that we cast a shadow. Maybe not recently, but like, it seems like the last month it's been cloudy. Uh, finally, the sun's starting to come out. But we all cast a shadow. And if you are like me... Growing up, I made this mental list of things, and maybe you did too, of the things your parents did that you swore you'd never do. Anybody with me on that? You know what I'm talking about? You're sitting next to your mom, so you might not want to raise your hand, okay? But many of us made this mental list, and I asked my kids this week, I said, hey, what are some things that my dad does? We call him Pa. What what are some things Pa does that, that I do? And they just started laughing at me, and they said, you sneeze really loud. I, I do. I don't know why I do. I try to hold it in, but when I sneeze, it's loud. And so does my dad. And then they said, you fall asleep anywhere. And that's my dad. When he gets to sit down somewhere and he's comfortable, he's going to fall asleep. And I do the same thing. If I go to the movies, Courtney is always getting snapshots of me taking a $10 nap because I paid for a ticket to sit in a movie that I just slept through. So she laughs at me for that. I fall asleep anywhere. But we never escape the shadow of our parents. I know for some, that's a happy thought. I know for me, that's a happy thought. My parents were cast a shadow that was life-giving, that was affirming, that was encouraging, encouraging, that was loving. But for some of you, it's not a great shadow. It's a shadow that is full of tension or frustration. It was addiction or explosion. And it's, some of you, it's a shadow of absence because a parent wasn't there. And listen, you don't have the absence of a shadow. Hear me when I say this. You just live in a shadow of absence. So when we understand that we will never escape the shadow of our parents, it's then that we begin to realize that our kids never escape our shadow. 
And that's when we go, oh boy. Oh no, what have I done? You know, where, where am I leading them? And we can understand our kids never escape that. And there's all kinds of people in your shadow. And that's kind of what I want to talk about today is the influence that we have, not just on our children, but on, on everyone around us. Some people have no choice. My kids have no choice. They're in my shadow, whether they want to be or not. They got to put up with my silly dad jokes, my hunting, my fishing, crazy about my wife, person that I am. I don't know how many of you do this, dads, but here's what I do. When I have to, and I say have to because I don't choose to, sometimes I have to take my kids to the doctor because Courtney's not available. And they always ask these questions. Do, do your kids have any allergies? And my answer is always the same. I don't know. Let me ask my wife. Because I don't have a clue what they take, what they don't take, what might affect them. I don't know. When the school calls me, my first response is, you might want to call my wife and just talk to her because I'm not going to know. But it's just who I am, and they get me. But they don't get to choose that. But some choose to live in our shadow. Courtney and I are going to celebrate 20 years of marriage this coming June. And unfortunately for her, for 20 years, she's been having to deal with my shadow. But she chooses to. I choose to live in her shadow. Mark and Tristan both work here. And I don't know what, if they realize what they signed up for when they chose to work at the bridge. But they choose to work in my shadow. People choose to live in your shadow as well. There's something about you that they feel is attractive. And they want to hang out with you. They want to learn from you. Some live in your shadow by accident. Maybe you get coffee at the same place every day. For the last two years. And the same people work at that place. So every day you see the same people working in that place. Maybe you work out in the morning and someone else works out at the exact same time. And so you find yourself talking to them. So some people wind up in your shadow by accident, but you're still influencing those people. And people in our shadows are watching us closely. They're looking and saying, is that the kind of person I want to be? So if you have your bulletin, we're going to talk about three truths about casting a shadow. If you want to follow along or take notes, you can do so. Three truths about casting a shadow. The first one is this, that your shadow has influence whether you want it to or not. Your shadow has influence whether you want it to or not. It's intentional or it's unintentional. It's still happening. And when we begin to live a life that is godly, a pure reflection of Jesus those who stand in our shadow will be affected. But in the same way, when we live a life that is compromised, that is chaotic, that is full of turmoil, that is our shadow, and we will be, those in our shadow will be equally affected, just in a different way. Whether you like it or not, all of us, our shadow is influential. It's number two, your shadow is always consistent with your life. Your shadow is always consistent with your life. That's a hard truth. And again, that's good for some people, not so good for others. What decisions are you making that you would look at and say, man, I don't know that I want anybody following me or looking at my shadow because I'm not making good decisions. Maybe that's something to look at today. Many people spend a lot of time, be clear, hear this with me. Many people spend a lot of time projecting in order to cover what is reflecting. Projection and reflection are two different things. And our shadow is a reflection of who we are. 
And too many times, we are so worried about projecting some kind of image that is not even real. Projecting something that looks better than what we really would be reflecting. Again, a shadow is a reflection. You can't hide that. So you're not fooling anyone. Your shadow is always consistent with your life. And some of you are miserable right now because you're comparing your reflection to someone else's projection. And it's the easiest way to lose your joy. You're always looking at what they're putting out there to say, well, I wish I could do that. I wish I could live up to that. I wish I could be that. But what they're projecting is not even real. Our reflection will always be true to our own heart. People that stand in your shadow will never experience compassion if it does not come from a compassionate heart. People in your shadow will never experience kindness if it is not kindness that comes from your heart. Your shadow will never permeate with the love of Jesus if it doesn't come from a heart that is filled with the love of Jesus. Our influence lives even after we die. Think about your parents and grandparents that have passed on and how they still, that shadow lives within you. You know what I'm talking about. You can think of things that you do because of what they did. It's influence they had on you. It lives on even after we die. That can be, again, a good thing or a bad thing. Abraham, it was a good thing. Abraham, he's been dead for years. But his life and his influence still speaks. Abraham still speaks to me of faith. When I read about Abraham, Moses still speaks to me of meekness. David speaks to me of worship. And the heart that he had for God. Joshua speaks to me of courage. Paul speaks to me of determination, of never giving up. Our reflection will always be true to our own heart. I love the story in Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 18 verse 2. God is talking to Jeremiah and he tells him to go to the potter's house. And he says, I want you to go to the potter's house and just watch. And I will meet you there and I will speak to you there. So Jeremiah, I, I, I'm going to be the message this morning. I'm going to paraphrase just a little bit. But I kind of imagine what, what would have gone on in this moment as God sends Jeremiah to the potter's house to just wait there and hear. And I can kind of see this. Again, I'm just kind of reading between the lines. You don't have to take this to heart. But as if he's going, oh, I can't believe I got to do this. What a waste of time. I guess I'll go down to the potter's house and wait for God to speak. And he goes down to the potter's house and he begins to watch him forming the clay. And he's watching the potter and God, he's like, hey, Jeremiah, stop looking at the potter. You're thinking that you're the potter. You're not. I am the potter. You are the clay. Look at the clay. That's what you are. And I'm the one holding the master plan of your life. And we look at the potter and we say, man, I don't like, God, I don't like what you're doing with my life. And you know what? He's not going to fight us. So you know what he'll do? He'll set you to the side until you're ready, until you are willing. And the greatest way we can have an impactful shadow is to stay yielded to the hands of the potter. To understand that we are the clay. To stay soft and yielded to the sovereignty of God and not try to control his hands. When people look at you, my question today would be this. Do they see the fingerprints of the potter in your life? Because when they do, I guarantee you, your shadow will have great impact. 
Some of you, you look at me and you say, Chad, that's easy for you to talk about. An impactful shadow. You get up there and talk to tons of people every week. But actually, an impactful shadow happens in close proximity. It's not so much of just standing, talking to a large crowd. It's happening one-on-one a lot of times. Jesus knew this. If you look at the life of Jesus, I'm glad I was not a campaign manager for Jesus because you would be very frustrated. Because about the time he would get a large crowd together and, and gather all kinds of people around, he's doing miracles, he's, he's wowing people, they're, they're making all kinds of fuss about it. That's about the time he would go, I'm going to go find an individual. He had a large crowd of people and he, he saw Zacchaeus in a tree and he said, hey, let's, let's leave this crowd, let's go to your house. Let's talk, let's talk just the two of us. Jesus was going to Samaria and there was a woman he wanted to meet at a well. And the disciples are frustrated. They're like, why are we sitting out here waiting for a woman? Jesus, why are you waiting for this woman when we could do that loaves and fish thing again and bring 5,000 people around? Why are we sitting out here in the middle of nowhere waiting on a woman? But what they did not understand or realize is Jesus knew in order to change the entire village, he had to impact the life of one woman. She wasn't even a good woman in the eyes of people. She'd had five husbands and wasn't even married to the man she was with. But I want to show you John chapter 4. John chapter 4, verse 39. Listen to this. Many of the Samaritans from the town believed in him. Why did they believe in him? Because of the woman's testimony. Because of one woman. Because of her being willing to drop her water that she came for, leave the bucket and go back to town and share what God had done in her life. Many would have said her voice wasn't even worth listening to. She didn't have a good life. She didn't make good decisions. But because of her testimony, he told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them, meaning Jesus. And so he stayed for two days. And because of his words, many more became believers. And they said to the woman, we no longer just believe because of what you said. Now we've heard it for ourselves and we know that this man really is the savior of the world. What I love about this story is there is hope for all of us. No matter what decisions you've made in the past, no matter how many times you feel like, man, I hope there's nobody in my shadow Some of you may feel like you've made the worst decisions and you've led people the wrong way. That makes a candidate for an incredible miracle of God. Because everybody in your shadow knows the decisions you've made. Again, it's a true reflection of who you are. But when God touches your life, everybody in your shadow will know it's God that did this. It's God that changed me. The Bible says that whole village came to know Jesus because of the one woman. You don't have to speak to crowds to cast a shadow. You can use your dining room table. You can make a coffee date. You can take time to sit down with your kids at night, lead them in a devotion and pray with them. You can pray for for them before they head off to school every morning can do those simple things that begin to leave a mark in their life.
that you're casting a shadow. Some of you, you need to look for that strategic friend that maybe God's going to place in your life. That dude at the bench press, he might be your woman at the well. The soccer mom that pulls her chair up next to you every single game and you go, oh, not her again. What if she's your assignment? What if God's placed her there for a reason? So that he can do something through your life to impact hers. Point number three. Your shadow is not for status. It's for service. Your shadow is not for status. It's for service. This is probably one of those I think about moms the most on. Moms love to serve. They just love feeling needed. They love being able to help. They love being able to step in and have the right words to say, to have the hug that makes someone feel better. Whatever it takes, moms love to serve. Your shadow is not for status, it's for service. And Acts chapter 20, verse 24, I believe is perfect for this. This is out of the New Living Translation. I want you to hear this. My life is worth nothing to me unless... I use it for finishing the work assigned to me by the Lord Jesus. The work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. Your shadow doesn't need to be used for status. It's for service. It's for those that are in your life. That includes your children, your grandchildren, your nieces, your nephews. They need to hear the good news of Jesus Christ as much as your neighbors and your coworkers. Moms, you have influence. You cast a shadow. Let it count for something. Let your kids see the love of Jesus from within. Let them see that you're led by the Holy Spirit with every decision that you make. May they look back on their life and understand that mom had huge impact in my life. My life is full of influence because of her. Yeah, I'm talking to the moms today, but I think this is to all of us. We understand we all cast a shadow, and it's important that we understand what we can do with that shadow. But because this is Mom's Day, moms, I want to honor you one more time. I'm going to ask that as we close this out, I'm going to ask you to stand. So all the moms all over the room, will you just stand at this moment? I'm going to read this scripture over you one more time. Ephesians chapter 3. I'm going to ask you just to close your eyes. And as I read this, let it speak to you. Let it penetrate your heart this morning. The same God that Paul talked to thousands of years ago is the God I'm talking to right now as I read this scripture over you today. Moms, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide, how long, how high and deep is the love of Christ. Let me stop for a moment. I just want you to let that love of Christ just begin to penetrate your heart right now. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. And how is this going to happen? 
Here's how. To him who's able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within you, mom. To him be the glory in church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. So Father, I pray right now that we all, every one of these moms in the room, but every person here understanding that we cast a shadow, that we may be strengthened from within that your Holy Spirit would lead and guide us every single day, that all those who come in contact with us, God, they would be influenced in a positive way, that Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith, that we begin to understand the greatness of your love and that there's nothing that can separate us from that love, that we may be filled to the fullness of you. When we are full of you, God, there's less corruption, there's less sin, There's less room for other things in our hearts. May we be filled with the fullness of you today. Thank you for every mom in this place today. And Lord, as we honor them this morning, I pray that throughout this day, as they are spending time with family, with children, with loved ones, God, I pray that your love would just be surrounding them throughout the day. God, those who may be hurting on this day because mom is gone, mom isn't with them anymore. God, that you would fill that void in their life. We just receive your love this morning, God. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.